Warning, 30 Screams or Less may contain spoilers about movies that have recently been released. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it, come back, and enjoy the show. Or, if you don't want to waste your time watching the movie and rather have two random horror dudes watch it for you, we got you covered as well. Welcome everyone to 30 Screams or Less, where we review horror movies in less than 30 minutes, so you don't have to. Today's movie we're going to be reviewing, it's called The Menu, and this movie can be found on HBO Max. It's directed by Mark Myloid, written by Seth Reese and Will Trace, starring Ralph Fiennes, the new Scream Queen, Anna Taylor-Joy, Anya Taylor-Joy, my apologies, one day I'll get that name right, Nicholas Holt. And John Leguizamo, is he making a comeback now? Because he was in Violent Night and now he's in this. The world needs more John Leguizamo. Yeah, I mean, my favorite movie of all time is The Pest. Your standards are pretty fucking low. Yeah, what, you don't like Head of the Board with Carrot Top? Nah, man. No, not I'm, not a, a, I'm not into it. And I'm also, I mean, that came out when I was like fucking 12 years old. Oh yeah, so that dates me. I do like that. And Polly Shore, he's one of my favorites. Okay, we're already getting off topic. <laughs> <laughs> This is a horror podcast, and we're talking classic comedies. What the fuck is wrong with us? Okay, so John it's Leguizamo, a Mario. it's a me, Mario. John Leguizamo as Luigi. Everyone, oh, here we go. Okay, Jesus, everyone, good already lord, shut everyone, shut this fucking podcast off already. All right, gonna get back on track because we were worried this whole podcast was gonna be off track because we started making notes and we're like trying to find anything bad and we were struggling. But first, you can watch this movie on HBO Max for a measly $69.99 a month with an ad every two minutes. So pretty affordable, pretty good. Yeah, actually recently the up the rate because of The Last of Us, the series coming out. So I see what they did there. So the menu, it's about a bunch of rich people traveling to a remote island to eat in an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish meal with some shocking surprises. That's the synopsis of this movie. And that synopsis does not do this movie any justice whatsoever. We seriously could go on for 60 minutes about this thing, but per usual, we'd like to keep it under 30. So with that in mind, take it away, Corey. You and I briefly talked about this earlier before we started recording that the menu is easily probably one of the best movies that came out in 2022. It completely flew under the radar. Somehow it completely bombed in theaters. I mean, I can understand why the menu and the synopsis of the movie really doesn't make you want to watch it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't make you want to watch it. With a description like that, a synopsis like that, you think it's some sort of Miramax bullshit, like some artsy-fartsy film where, okay, people are going to go to like a, you know, a lavish restaurant and things are going to happen and there's going to be some sort of drama. No, no, that couldn't be further from the truth. Yes, this movie bombed at the box office, but you know what else bombed at the box office? Fight Club and Donnie Darko. And all these amazing movies bombed at the box office because probably bad promotion, like advertising was bad, bad description of how the movie is. So like these movies, though they bomb at the box office, doesn't mean they're bad by any means. And in the case of the menu, in our opinion, we both come to this conclusion, this movie is not bad at all. No, I mean, it amazes me that it bombed as hard as it did. 
Again, we're going to talk about the music. The music was absolutely incredible. Whoever the composer was for this movie deserves a fucking award because after the movie ended, I just wanted to listen to the music again. And I do have the vinyl pre-ordered, so hopefully someday soon I'll have that in hand and I will get to listen to it on repeat. It's funny too because literally after you finished watching the movie, you were like, oh, I wish there was like a score for this thing on vinyl. And wasn't it like announced a half hour later? Yeah, Waxworks announced it like a half hour later. So, Perfect timing because yeah. you love collecting vinyls. I would love to collect yeah. them too. I have no way of playing them though. I mean, we talked about this. I have the speakers. I just don't have the setup. When I get my own house, I'll have a nice vinyl setup and I can listen to music on it. But right now, don't really have the space for it. Yeah. And I mean, for some reason, I know we talked about this before, Disney movies. I'm a big fan of Disney movies and horror movies just have the best music to me. It's just soothing and scary at the same time, you know? Absolutely. I mean, hey, one of my favorite Disney songs of all time is Arabian Nights from Aladdin. So great scores, great music all over. But in this case, yes, the menu's score was fantastic. What I loved about this movie, like, actually, you know what? Let's go back real quick about how this technically is a bomb. So it made 38 million, give or take, at the theater with a budget of 35 million. So in the movie industry, that's actually considered a bomb because it's such a low return on their investment. People will probably be like, well, they made $3 million, but still not enough. However, this movie, I can almost guarantee is going to make its money back in streaming because it's blowing up on social media at the moment. It is. And the fact that like it has a stacked cast, the cast is pretty, pretty large. And we were talking about before Anya Taylor-Joy, she's going to be a star in this genre. She's been in a few films so far. I can't remember really off the top of my head, which, but. Oh, she was actually in Split. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. She was in Split, which obviously we know. Fantastic. She was also in, uh, what was the other one? It was like, it was the combination. Uh, oh, Mr. Glass. She was also in One Night in Soho, which I loved as well. Did you see that one? I did not watch that. That was a Netflix one, right? I think it's on HBO Max as well. Okay. So, oh, yeah, she was I in The Witch. Oh, that's right. She was in The Witch. So, yeah, she's kind of like your new Scream Queen. Yeah. She has to do more stuff like this. Maybe I hope she does gets into like slashes and stuff too. Speaking of actors and stuff, this Ralph Fiennes guy, did you know that he plays Voldemort in Harry Potter? I did not know that. I feel like such an asshole for not knowing that. I don't know why. Like, I should have known that. I feel like that's something I should have known, but I'm also not a massive Harry Potter guy. I just, oh I don't know. Why just, are we I, friends? I don't know why we're friends. I don't know. I should literally be just written off entirely. My girlfriend's written me off already. We broke up, I guess, a second ago when I told her that I don't like Harry Potter. Kind of sucks. Not happy about Good. it, but I'm glad. I, I guess I guess I deserve it. Yeah, you deserve everything that comes to you for that bullshit. Yeah, I know. I deserve it. I, I guess I'll just be left alone to my devices and go and hang out in a cave and uh, fuck myself. Fuck yourself and watch all the Harry Potter movies and then maybe we'll allow you to come back. Yeah. So while you're off fucking yourself, these people are going to a fancy island, this restaurant here, to have a meal that is going to cost them, was it like, I believe it was like $1,200 a plate or something, and they have no idea what they're going to be eating? Pish posh. Jump change. I've spent that kind of money before on meals. Yeah, well. Okay, okay. that's not true. That's not true. That's not true at all. I like, think the most I've ever spent on a freaking fancy meal was like $300. At 300 but, Was that in Vegas? Yeah, it was probably in Vegas. You know, it was a fancy steak, some rare wine and sides 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 kind of like in wolf of wall street you spend twenty thousand dollars on sides i'm not fucking going anywhere <laughs> fucking i'm not leaving i'm not fucking leaving oh so good <laughs> classic leo yeah classic leo that movie oh god yeah a little bit long but overall fantastic fantastic movie but 1250 a plate 
apparently that's fine with them. No problem. Yeah, they go to a remote island. They go for like this fancy meal. And you think it's going to be some sort of weird artsy-fartsy movie. And that's probably why people didn't know what the hell they were getting into. I mean, you look at the cover and it looks like just a bunch of people about to eat fucking dinner. You don't know whether it's like a vampire type movie or some sort of weird artistic movie or anything. And I think that's what was happening. There was a lot of misconception about this movie and what it would be and how to market it and all this stuff. And because I don't think they wanted to give too much away because so much started happening. This movie constantly built tension upon tension, upon, like throughout the whole thing. Unreal. I was watching it and I was completely honed into that movie. We didn't even need to take notes. In my opinion, I could just go off and start talking about this movie and rave about it nonstop. Yeah, we probably didn't need to do this at all, but it is what it is. Got to kind of try and keep it on the rails. Yeah, and it's not even a script. It's not like we're talking about things verbatim. It's literally just making sure that we're on track here. Not we're not going off the rails talking about the pest or Wolf of Wall Street. All of this already happened. Fuck, whatever. It is what it is. Hey, hey but, guess what? What? This is the first episode where there's no dead kids. Let's go. Finally, no dead kids. Oh, God. But I feel like a lot of these movies we've been reviewing, there's got to be something tying them all together. But I think in this place, we actually broke that tradition. We finally did it. We're normal after all. Yeah, I know. This is like the Halloween 3 of our podcast. What, like Season of the Witch Halloween 3? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but no, it's good. We're raving about this whole fucking movie. We're not raving about Season of the Witch, but... You get what I'm saying? Completely different. All the other movies, we're talking about dead kids, apparently. This one, nope. None of that. No, 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 no sex scenes either. You're right. No sex, yep, no sex scenes, no shower scenes, no dead kids. Just this movie was pure tension all the way through, and it just kept building and building. And I think that's where horror is great, because this is technically a horror movie or like a suspense movie, but I feel it, a thriller. Thrillers and horrors tend to go really hand in hand because it's like scaring you, getting that heart going, and you're really in it. It never really lets up either. The first, I don't even really know as far as time goes, but the beginning of the movie, you kind of feel like it's normal. Like they're just at some fancy restaurant having a nice meal. Yeah, and, and then I did... I found myself, like, as I'm watching this movie, and you know what? We went to this movie not knowing anything. I didn't see a trailer. My girlfriend didn't see a trailer. We saw that Anya Taylor-Joy was in it, and we're like, fuck it. Why not? Let's go check it out. And I haven't done that in so long, where I just go into a movie completely blind, not even seeing a single trailer, not reading anything about it. And I was completely surprised at how much I loved this movie. The whole time, with that tension, I felt my heart racing, wondering what the hell's going to happen next. I had ideas of what was going to happen next, but it was crazy to see it actually happen. Yeah, I mean, things slowly unfolded. And then, so one of my favorite things about the movie was each course, the way each course was, I guess you could say, presented. How before course one, it showed like that scream. It tells you what's in each course. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I and just, then they, it just looks like really nice. And then chef serves the meal. Yeah. And it's set up like each scene. It didn't necessarily need to carry over all the way through because it could be like, this is the next scene. This fucking bullshit happens. And then this is the next scene. This bullshit happens. But this whole movie carried all the way through. And I loved that the chef, played by Ralph Fiennes, would always clap his hand to get everyone's attention. And everyone would just stop. And he would have to tell these stories based on these meals. And they were ridiculous meals. My favorite was the uh, the breadless bread plate, which is like all the ingredients that people would have to eat. And that pissed off a lot of people in that scene. 
mine would have to be the mess. And the mess is probably the part where shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's where it starts really going into overdrive. You see them lay the tarp down and then they put those fancy centerpieces around the edge of the tarp. And then he has one of his chefs come out and it just tells the story and then fucking gun in the mouth, blood brains everywhere. Yep. And the funny thing about this. Yeah. Funny thing about that. Hilarious. Hilarious. Oh, God. Okay. So the funny thing is Nicholas Holt. We've seen him in everything. I remember seeing him back in the like in About a Boy. And he was in Mad Max Fury Road. And now he's in like that new movie with Nicolas Cage that's eluding me at the moment. Renfield, I think. Yeah, he's in the vampire one. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the vampire one with Nicolas Cage. And I think it's called Renfield. X-Men too. Don't forget X-Men. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was in X-Men. I forgot about that. He's in like fucking everything now. So the guy's presenting the mess and the chef is saying how this sous chef, he wants to be like Ralph Fine's character and he's never going to reach that level and he's not happy with his life and all this. And the sous chef, he acknowledges that he's not as good. He's not going to be anywhere as good as the head chef. And so there's that tarp on the ground, that plastic tarp, and they put like all this fancy stuff. And then they announce that the dish is called the mess. And that sous chef blows his brains out. And the crazy thing is Nicholas Holt's character, he's watching and he's not even phased. He's like, I see the beauty behind it. And he's like super excited to eat the meal. And he's like, this is brilliant. And everyone else is freaking out. He's so excited just to be there and watch this lunacy happen. Everyone's freaking out. And in my opinion, a lot of times, Tyler, which is played by Nicholas Holt, Tyler was feeling the show at how absurd he was. You're right. I think a lot of it was too, as he was an aspiring chef and he looked up to this Rob Fiennes character. Like you said, he wanted to be like him. I feel like he was also kind of nervous to act indifferent towards the whole thing because he didn't want to spoil his learning experience. Yeah, which is funny because yeah, that's a whole learning experience and getting to speak with that chef and everything, knowing though that everyone at that dinner will die later. So it's almost like he's not corrupted, but it's almost like that cult-like mentality where you don't care. You just want to be there. You want to be in the presence of that chef and you will do whatever they say. And I think he's in that kind of mentality. It doesn't even matter. He's so infatuated with that chef that he just wants to be there and be accepted by him and talk to him and learn from him, even though he's going to die later. So did we ever find out why there was that group of bros flexing their dick size the whole time to try to get whatever they wanted from the waitress where they were trying to get bread that one time and they were like, don't you know who we are? Because I don't remember finding out why they threw that quote out. Well, I think we did. So the freaking Yabros hanging out at the table, like making those stupid demands saying, do you know who we are? The owner of the restaurant, not Ralph's Fine's character or the chef, we'll just call him the chef going forward. It's not the chef's character. It's the investor, like the angel investor of the restaurant. And that angel investor owns, I think, a tech company those guys work for and they're money laundering. And they think they have all this power because the angel investor is their boss. So they think that, oh, okay, we're special here. We can do whatever because our boss owns the place. And they're making it seem like they're more important than they really are when really it's the boss that owns it and they have no say in anything. They're just employees. Okay, so that's why they were trying to flex a little bit. Yeah, that's why they were flexing their dicks. Chef had a little dirt on them. Oh, he definitely did. Actually, he had dirt on everyone in the restaurant, except for Anya Taylor-Joy's character, who, which I thought was funny that she's from Brockton, Massachusetts, of all places. Brockton, Isn't that close to you? Yeah, it's not too far from me. 
I'd say probably about an hour, maybe less, give or take. But I thought it was such a random place. You know, you'd think, oh, Boston, Massachusetts, maybe New York, whatever. So she was a random person that went on the trip to the island because it was Tyler's date. Tyler had a date initially and she broke it off with him. So he decided to get the girlfriend experience from Anya Taylor-Joy's character, who is, you know, in the industry of the girlfriend experience. Now, she was a last minute addition. So they didn't have any information on her. They had information on everyone else, which leads to the scene with the tortillas. I don't know if you want to take over with that. I'm honestly having a brain cramp right now on the tortillas. Okay, I'll continue. So with the tortilla scene, this is where he used a laser etched device to to create all these images on the tortillas. So the tortilla for the Yabros, I'll say that I'm going to call them Yabros because they're, I don't know, they're frigging dingleberries. And they're like, you know who we are. But what the chef did was laser etched the financials for these guys laundering money, basically, through, I think, Swiss bank accounts, whatever, that kind of deal. And he was able to show those records on those tortillas. And then he's also showing other things that people did wrong on these tortillas. So Tyler's was taking photos of the food when it was forbidden to take photos of the food. And then John Leguizamo's character, the actor, he was printed paging Dr. Sunshine or whatever. That movie on the tortillas. So there was like a few things on the tortillas that were alluding to things that they've done wrong. The older couple, wasn't the older couple, the husband's was like him with another woman. Yep. And the funny thing is that other woman was, it was Anya Taylor-Joy's character. So that was a pure coincidence, I think. Just shit luck for that guy. But it was funny because, you know, they didn't have anything on her. And so they couldn't print anything on the tortillas for her. But it kind of like connected all the bad stuff that everyone was doing that the chef hated. And he was bringing it to their attention for his dish of Taco Tuesday, which has now become basically a meme all over social media. The whole movie's a meme. Yep, the whole movie's a meme between the Taco Tuesday and what's the saying that the waitress gives? You will eat less than you desire and more than you deserve. Oh, yeah, she she whispered that into one of the Yabro's ear. Yep, she re- <laughs> in the Yabro's ear. She whispered that into their ears. And like, honestly, incredible saying, incredible. If you think about it, that just, that speaks volumes. Yeah, that, that, one, that one really like resonated that. me after she said that. Yeah, it's... Because that was also right after, I think, after the mess. Yeah, I think it was after the mess. That's when it really started getting crazy was after the mess. Or was it, actually? No, I think it was before the mess. Was it? Okay. Yeah, okay. So right before the mess... They're introducing the Taco Tuesday, the fucking meme moment that's happening. And that's when she's like, you will eat less than you can desire and more than you can deserve. Or or, I'm sorry, I'm getting that backwards. You will eat more than you deserve and less than you desire. Getting that whole thing mixed up. And that's when she said, you will eat less than you desire and more than you deserve. Oh, my God. It's fucking written right there. It's written right there. (laughs) <laughs> I'm getting the whole thing list. I'm leaving that in because people can hear my stupid lunacy of me trying to figure out what the hell was saying was when I'm making things way more difficult than myself, yeah. like than I need I to. I it's literally right in front of me. My health, dude. I did not write that down for my health. I you wrote it down for me because I'm a fucking hot mess express. Apparently, it took us fucking all day to record this fucking podcast. Yeah, all day to record this single fucking line. I probably would have gone on for the... You, If you didn't stop me or I didn't read that, I probably would have gone on for the next half hour. No, what is it? Is it this? Is it that? I don't know. Is it this? 
I would have gone on that whole time. Just a fucking Daffy Duck over here. Yeah, just ongoing, nonstop lunacy. But there was a lot of great quotes in this movie. So there was the other quote, what the chef said. What was it, Corey? It wasn't cod, you donkey. It was halibut. Yes, that's that's Gordon. That's some Gordon Ramsay shit. Oh, yeah, because he was like interrogating the older couple. And because the older couple couldn't name a single dish, even though they've been to that restaurant numerous times. And so this is when he was pointing out that people just don't appreciate what they have. That's another thing, man. Why do some of these people choose to come back to this fucking place? Some of them have been multiple times. Yeah, I think maybe they've gone because it's a bougie dinner. Because I don't think everyone's being killed every single time. I think this is one of those times where the chef was like, he was just fed up with serving people. And I think that's what happened is like he was serving all these people and some of them have been there before and they just don't give a shit. They just, they see a fancy meal and they take it for granted. And he's more than about that. He wants to serve people and have them enjoy the meal. But a lot of these people, they were just eating it and they're not even really thinking about it. And I think that's one thing that just drove him to insanity was that people just weren't appreciating what's being given to them. I mean, I can see that, but I can also... Also, still don't understand why people choose to come back because there's no way some of this shit doesn't happen every time. Oh, no, I agree. Also, at $1,250 per plate, a six-course meal, I don't think I can afford that. This podcast doesn't make enough money yet. You hear that, guys? You need to uh, start sponsoring this podcast so we can go to the island and have some fucking meals. Exactly. HBO Max, we need your help. You know what? Just uh, toss a few bucks our way. You know? I mean, we're reviewing the menu. It's great. We're bringing your numbers up. You're going to make some of that money back you lost on this piece of shit podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we got a decent amount of listeners and uh, who knows? Maybe they have no idea what the menu is. And we're just like, dude, do that. You need to check this out. This is fucking great. This is an amazing movie. You're missing out. And who knows? Maybe they'll get a few extra streams. Maybe they get a penny off it. Something. So let's get back here and talk about Tyler. How did the chef convince Tyler to hang himself? Oh my God. This is interesting because Tyler, like we discussed earlier, is that Tyler was so into this chef and he wanted to talk to him. He like idolized him. And the chef saw that. The chef saw that Tyler was being ridiculous and picking out the little things that was in the chef's tea and all this. And he decided to call Tyler up for what might be my favorite dish of the whole movie, which was Tyler's bullshit. And (laughs) Tyler's bullshit was undercooked lamb, shallots, and a couple other things in a pot. And obviously the chef shit on it like crazy. He said it was like, you know, the worst thing he's ever had. Yeah. And he he... he forced him to cook. Yeah, he forced him to cook. Oh, okay. Shallots. Get him some shallots, everyone. And he's like, he's really just laying into him. He's like, you think it's done? He's like, yeah, it's done. It's done. And he had it. It was fucking raw. But the thing is, he then whispered into Tyler's ear something that no one has an idea what is even said. It's kind of like the movie Lost in Translation with Bill Murray, where he whispers something into the girl's ear and no one knows what he said. And that's kind of like the same deal here. I even put subtitles on. We've already discussed how I'm not really a fan of subtitles when it comes to movies. So we put it on and I wanted to see if it came up with something. And it said inaudible whispering. I was like, come on. So mad because I want to know what he said, because he said something that really set Tyler over the edge and Tyler unalived himself. I wonder if he was just literally like, go kill yourself. 
Yeah, maybe something like you'll never be nothing. You might as well kill yourself now before you can even deserve the last meal. It could have been something like that. We don't know, but... So, so do you think that when Anya Taylor-Joy's character was asking for a cheeseburger, do you think the cheeseburger was made of Tyler? Because I do. <laughs> it's possible. Oh my God, could you imagine? Because I know she saw Tyler hanging, and so she was aware of that. But what if that was the last thing where he took Tyler meat and he just served it to Anya Taylor Joy? That would be wild because that would be the last fuck you from the chef in regards to like his dishes. And I think that would have been awesome. But none of us know because well, the movie did end like a fucking million bucks. But we'll get to that. He lets her go. He makes Margot the cheeseburger. And then he just lets her go. That was his kryptonite or something, like, because all she wanted was a cheeseburger. Yep. And actually, we just ran out of time, but I don't give a shit. We're going to keep talking about this. And you know what? If it goes over, sorry, this movie's too good to stop talking about. I agree, Steve. This may be one of the podcasts where it's like, okay, we're going over. We just we can't stop raving about it. And you know what I loved? What I absolutely loved about that scene was everything came full circle for the chef. It's almost like he became a good guy at the end. And hear me out on this because he started his career in cooking by working at a burger place, fast food place, whatever. And he would make burgers. And then when you, when she went into his bedroom, she saw that photo of him in the newspaper working at the burger place. And during the movie, the chef said that, he was complaining how people don't appreciate what they get and in that he's making food and he wants people to enjoy the food and he's lost that he's lost his passion for cooking food because people just take it and turn it into shit and it's like they don't actually enjoy it so now Anya Taylor-Joy her character demands a cheeseburger saying she doesn't like his food and she's saying to him you don't cook with love you cook with obsession so Anya Taylor-Joy says she doesn't like his food she then says you don't cook with love, you cook with obsession. And it really stuck out to the chef. And she's like, I want something different. And he's like, what would you like? She wants a cheeseburger. And he's like, I'll make you the best cheeseburger you've ever had. Or make it seem like it's the first cheeseburger you ever had. And then he makes it as that supplementary meal for her. And you can tell how happy he was when he made that for her and how she actually enjoyed it. So that's what he's been wanting for ages was for people to actually enjoy his food again. But he was putting out this stuff that was like super bougie and people didn't even give a shit. They didn't care. Yeah, he when she started enjoying that cheeseburger and he smirked. That was pretty awesome. Like that little smile he gave. That was the first time in the movie and probably the only time in the movie that he's happy. Yeah, and I think that's what he just wanted. He wanted to bring the joy back to cooking and he lost that joy because like I said, people took it for granted, was taking his food for granted and she was simply happy with him making something that started his career in the cooking industry. It was a simple cheeseburger, American cheese, French fries, the basics. And, and I think that when he had that smirk, you can tell it all kind of came full circle. And he basically at that point too forgives her for, because he had his own cabin off on the side of the property, off the side of the restaurant, which she breaks off and goes into. And he finds out about it and forgives her for that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's because, yeah, he was pissed off at her for breaking into his cabin. But after hearing that, he was just happy. You yeah, know, he, it, he was happy. And then he decided to serve dessert. Yeah, the best fucking dessert. Oh, the dessert. It reminded me something out of Midsummer or Midsommar, however you want to pronounce it, where at the end of Midsommar, you have that pyramid looking building. The guy's in the bear suit and he's burning alive. 
This one, the final dish is dessert. And he turns everyone into a fucking s'more. Little party hats that he gave them all that ended up being chocolate. The oh. chocolate party hats? I want a chocolate party hat. Where the fuck can I get one of those? Oh, my oh God. God. Like, it was fantastic because they're all wearing like this vest of marshmallows, the chocolate party hat. And clearly, hey. and you know what they have is they have uh, the breadcrumbs. I'm sorry, not breadcrumbs, the ginger uh, bread. No, what is what? Am I? Graham crackers. Graham crackers. God damn. Graham crackers. I know. I'm thinking, I don't know. I'm all over the place with fucking food. I love food. Do you know what a fucking s'more is, you old man? Clearly not. I don't know what it is, clearly. But they put graham cracker all over the floor and they make it like this bougie looking thing. And the chef because he's got those asbestos hands basically from years of holding hot plates and dishes and it doesn't bother him he reaches into the oven and grabs coal he goes into the middle of the room where they put all sorts of flammable stuff including the fucking marshmallow vests and the chocolate hats and he drops the coal in the place goes ablaze meanwhile you have Margot, who has since escaped and she's stolen a boat and she's sitting in the middle of the ocean eating her cheeseburger watching the restaurant just go up in flames from a distance yep and i'm sure he was happy he would have been happy with that because she took her burger to go he was happy to see her enjoy it and i'm sure that if we saw her enjoying it from afar he would have been just as happy even if it was fucking microwaved and heated up but this movie what would you give it zero out of five oh this is a five for me easy it was original it was like we talked about earlier the music the cast the subject matter because i fucking love food you like mm-hmm. food steve i fucking love food we've already established this i love all sorts of food especially fast food apparently i eat a lot of that bullshit but, but yeah this uh, movie yeah, I, don't know. yeah I was perfect it's, this movie i thought was perfect i'm giving it a five out of five as well this is the first for us to say this is a perfect movie in our opinions because the tension throughout the whole movie just kept building and building with an awesome payoff at the end and it was an original movie i've never seen a story like this the score was fantastic the acting was fantastic everything about this movie i loved When I saw it a second time, I loved it. I could watch it again and again, and I would still love it. I don't think this is a movie I would get sick of. I agree with you. I'm going to have to give it a couple more watches for sure. This will be on the top of my list as, you know, favorite of all time. Yeah, I know for certainty that this movie is arguably my favorite movie of 2022. And it's a goddamn shame that this movie bombed and no one saw it until Twitter figured it out that... This movie dropped on HBO Max and it's incredible. I'm like, welcome to the party, pal. Right? God, like, yeah, you know what? And I don't blame them because I think the marketing for this movie was just awful. They didn't know how to market it because it was a thriller. It was a horror. It was like all these things. And it's hard to market a movie like that. So for this kind of movie to reach a wide audience, it's not easy. They probably had a bunch of competition too. So I think Barbarian maybe came out relatively around the same time. And I think it may have still been in theaters, which is a crazy horror movie in itself. And there were a few other movies. So I think it maybe just struggled a little bit. Yeah, it just struggled because like you said, the marketing wasn't really there for it. I think I told you earlier that I was invited to go see it in theaters when it first came out by my aunt. And I had no interest in going to see it because I just thought it was a movie about food. Like, I didn't know there was that additional element to it. Exactly. And, and fucking chef 
yelling, you know, it, it just, it was a lot different than I thought it was going to be. Exactly. And that's kind of what I'm getting at is they didn't know how to market this movie. Even you, like you're a big movie buff. You watch movies all the time. You review them on Letterboxd. We have this podcast where we review horror movies. You are a movie lover. For you to just be like, no, I think I'm good. I don't think I'm going to watch it. Shows you loud and clear leaps and bounds that this movie was marketed so bad. It was. And that's definitely why it bombed. But people yeah, are absolutely. catching on to it now. And I'm glad they are. This is a movie that deserves to be watched. And I think it's going to go down as an instant classic. And people are going to be talking about it for years because it's just, it's so unique. And I loved it. I loved everything about it. Yeah. And now people get to pay out the ass to go watch it on HBO Max. That's on them. They wanted to sign yep. up for HBO Max to pay for Last of Us, the series. And hey, they jacked up the cost. And that I don't like, but I know why they did it. Hey, I think back in the day, HBO did the same thing for The Sopranos. No, it happens. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Oh, I watched I that wanted... on, I was getting DVDs from Netflix to watch that when they were still doing DVDs. Oh my God, they still do, by the way. Oh, really? I was, uh, yeah, I was signed up for Netflix on DVDs. Well, actually, Blu-rays. I upgraded the Blu-rays for a while. And I stopped doing it because I had the deer hunter just hanging out in my room. I didn't even have a chance to watch it. And it was just sitting there doing nothing. I'm like, okay, I got to get rid of the, the Blu-ray version because it's costing me an extra like $10 a month or something stupid. Dude, Joanne and I were like, the other day we were in the basement cleaning it out and like organizing a little bit. And I found a Blu-ray copy of Netflix in those paper envelopes of, um, what was it, Super 8? Oh my God, wow. How long have you yeah. had that fucker? I don't even know when that came out. Are you still paying for that then? If you still have it, maybe they either A, charged you for the movie or B, you're still paying on that. No, it's no, they they forgot about me. Yeah, you're usually pretty good about canceling that shit anyways. It came out in 2011, so I've had it for a while. My God, yeah, that's uh, you've had it for a hot minute then. So, yeah, but, don't listen oh, to you, this Netflix. Don't worry about it. You know, we're talking about HBO Max. Maybe if you put out something good, we'll review it. But there is one other thing I wanted to bring up because this is uh, you and I had a very good laugh at this earlier. The director... Mark Myloid. Directed Ali G in the house. Mark Myloid directed Ali G in the house, which is hysterical. Okay, so he's known for like just directing shows. Whoa, like a lot of Entourage. Yeah, Entourage, Shameless, stuff like that. And then he puts out The Menu, which is a fucking masterpiece. I guess that's what he's mostly known for is TV shows on premium channels. He but made, he, looking at his IMDb, he made so much shit. Yeah, he didn't make a lot of good stuff. I mean, he made a few episodes of... United States of Tara, Entourage, let's see, Minority Report, which I'm sure that fucking ended real quick. Miniseries, that's, yeah, okay. Shameless. Miniseries because it got canceled after one yeah. episode. Oh, did it? Oh, God. Well, I don't know. I'm going by that. I'm thinking it did. Succession, which is, uh, you know, it's been on for a hot minute, but it looks like this is really the only movie to his credit. Uh, everything yeah. else is like TV movie or TV series. Well, Game of Thrones kind of counts, I guess. Oh, yeah. Game of Thrones, those freaking movies, like those episodes. No, they're movies. They're freaking an hour and a half long and some bullshit. But yeah, he directed Ali G in the house. Oh, okay. So there's that movie. I'm sorry. So that movie, which I guess we'll count it, but yeah, hasn't had really much except for Ali G in the house. Hopefully after this one, he gets a little more traction as a director, a film director anyway. I hope so, too, because he deserves it for this movie. This movie's incredible. But, all right, we are over time. But this movie, 5 out of 5, perfect score, great movie. Can't say anything bad about it, honestly. I could talk about it for another half hour. I'm going to watch it again, and shit, I would love to do a revision episode. I don't even care. Whatever. 
Yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of cool. A couple months yeah. down the line, do it again. Yeah, uh, like the director's cut type deal. Be like, yeah. we're going to do a longer version of this, and we'll talk about it for fucking two hours or something. We're going to have to oh. sell that episode on our Patreon, though. Oh, yeah, we'll get a Patreon, and uh, we'll sell it, and people will be like, oh, I really want to hear about this movie. But by that time, probably everyone's watched the movie, and they don't need to hear from us about it. But, we'll, have to, you know, we'll, we'll monetize it that way. There we go. That's how we can make our money. That's how we can build this podcast up a little bit. Or we get sponsorships from HBO Max. I don't know. Just putting it out there. All right. With that in mind, everyone, thank you so much for listening to 30 Screams or Less. Be sure to check us out on social media. We're on Twitter at 30 Screams or Less. YouTube, youtube.com slash 30 Screams or Less. We're on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash 30 Screams or Less. You can also check out our website, 30 Screams or Less.com. And if there's anything you want us to see and review, be sure to mention us, leave a comment, or you can send us an email to 30screamsalas at gmail.com and let us know the movie you want to watch and where we can find it. But with that in mind, everyone, I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. And thank you for listening to 30 Screams or Less. Mm-hmm.